0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Capture It. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Listen, life is a journey full of moments that provide us with opportunity to capture what it is that helps us grow into the people we truly want to be. Let's talk about these ideal characteristics that inspire and motivate us all. And in time, work to capture it ourselves. Listeners, we have a special treat for you today. We have Keith Hawkins on the show. Not only is he a good friend of mine, but he is an international speaker that addresses over 400,000 students, educators, business owners, and parents each year. Keith has addressed the United Nations Global Summit. He has been interviewed by Time Magazine. He is featured in a national communication book called Between One and Many. And co-authored two books entitled Teen Power and Beyond and Go Mad, M-A-D. Keith has dedicated his life and work to improve the human race by helping them strive to personal change in their lives. Keith Hawkins resides in the foothills of Auburn, California, with his wife, who he also calls The Boss, and his three kids he calls any, mini, Miney, and there won't be no more, 16-year-old Cambria. 15 year old Jalen and the youngest Brendan, who they call Mr. B. Keith Hawkins brings the ideas of courage and empathy to this conversation we are having here on Capture It the Podcast. All right, friends, if you are not yet following us on Instagram, head to that Instagram app and type in our handle captureit.joe. That's C-A-P-T-U-R-E-I-T dot J-O-E. That is where we're keeping you updated. Also, if you're not yet following us on Instagram, then you've missed out on some pretty good giveaways. So head to Instagram and follow us at our handle captureit.joe. Joe. It has been so fun interacting with my listeners uh, through Instagram. And so let's keep that rolling. We also want to take some time to thank our episode sponsor. Listen, if you live in the Portland, Oregon metro area, you have got to check out this hairstylist, Lake Oswego hair artist, Ashley McCullough. She specializes in women's cuts and color and emphasizes on an all natural, low maintenance look. She also can help you with your all natural hair care product, Needs. Ashley can be reached at 503 729 6201 or you can follow her on Instagram at HairByAshleyMCC. Again, that's HairByAshleyMCC mcc so while you're hitting that follow button for capture it. Joe, uh, give Ashley a shot at hair by ashley mcc on instagram as well ashley thank you so much for the sponsorship keep kicking butt at life and keep kicking butt at doing that hair listeners we love you enjoy the show All right, listeners, we have a special treat for you today, a really good friend of mine, uh, one of the nation's leading youth speakers, um, and I, I've worked with him multiple times throughout the last, I don't know, 10 years probably. Exactly. Um, ever since I've been working on my job, I've, I've known you, Keith Hawkins. So uh, we do have the great Keith Hawkins with us today, um, and he's going he's gonna to bring in all his knowledge and wisdom and um, just a life lived that I think... <laughs> Um, When we hear his stories and we hear um, what he has to, um, you know, deliver um, all across this nation, I bet you, uh, listeners, we truly could capture some of that. And so um, as we work in time uh, to capture little things that we can work on today and tomorrow, uh, we're going to uh, see what we can talk about today. So please welcome Keith Hawkins. How you doing?
1: Hey, I'm better than good. Always. Better than
0: good. Uh, That's a great answer. Um, so, uh, I, I, I'm going to jump in and just let everyone know. So, uh, you are one of the nation's lead youth speakers. So, uh, could you tell us a little bit about what you do?
1: Well, you know, um, I speak to over 400,000 students, parents, educator, business leaders each year uh, annually. And uh, my whole goal is to go to schools and businesses and, and help create some inspiration to inspire others. Uh, I truly believe to motivate is uh, something we feel might be temporary, temporary. but to inspire is to create change uh, in people, change in environment, um, change in the way we think. And um, when people are inspired, they do positive things. So that's what I try to do with all those I come in contact with.
0: And so how long have you been at this work? I mean, traveling around like crazy. Yes. Um, Yes. All walks of life, yes. interacting with all walks of life, uh, and inspiring. So how long have you been at this mission?
1: I have been doing this for 27 years. I've been traveling North America for 27 years, um, and I've been to speaking to over 185 different uh, venues each year for 27 years, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot.
0: 27 years. Yes, still out it. You're still young too. Looking good, man. You know Looking what?
1: good. What you think is what you become. So I love it's, that. It's important Absolutely. to um, to just have a good mindset. So give
0: us a little bit of background. I mean, so, you know, not everybody wakes up one day and says, I'm going to be a public speaker. Yeah. I'm going to travel the nation and go <laughs> go talk to, to youth, business leaders, to whoever, you know, needs to hear my yes. message. So uh, what, what was it like growing up um, as Keith Hawkins?
1: You know, I grew up in Southern California in the Los Angeles area um, in a very, very tough environment, um, which... A lot of students grew up that way, but my situation was a little different because even in a tough environment, I didn't have a lot of support at the house. Um, Grew up with a single parent mom and a brother and sister with a very abusive uh, stepfather, unfortunately, with a biological father who I've never met. And um, I think the confusion, the, the tough times was created that because of my mom, who did not have a solid background in terms of having education and um, by her choices. So what really saved me from, I think, freshman year to senior year in high school is getting involved in leadership. Before that time, I was always involved in sports, but my mom never had the money to put me in organized sports. So once I got to middle school, I started playing more sports because the school offered it. And I always say that everyone needs a place um, given something to do positive. And when somebody has something to do positive, it gives them a sense of hope. And I think for a lot of people, hope is what wakes you up um, daily, whether you're a business person or teacher or student. Um, once you feel a sense of hope, it wakes you up. And when you, when you can get to a school, um, you start to get involved in things. And when you get connected, you start to love what you do. And you start to be around a lot of other students who also love what they do. And then over time, you start to love those people as well. So when I played sports, I think that was an initial uh, feeling for me, is just being connected. And then when I got into leadership, it gave me a chance to not just be connected, but it gave me a position of leadership, um, which the ability to lead others is is leader. And when I had that um, placed upon me, Um, that's when my life changed. I I got around very positive people. I saw a positive change. I saw that I was part of that. So the environment I lived in was really bad. But once I got to the school, it was a place of safety and a place of um, encouragement and learning and growth. And uh, when I first got to high school, I was reading at a third grade level, fourth grade level, and um, my grades were really suffering, but when I got into leadership, it just gave me hope. It, it said to me that you can be better and do better. And um, you know, once I started doing that, I I just got involved in leadership, became the sophomore class president, junior class president, ASB president of the school, and I just felt like you know I loved my school, I loved the people, and I loved myself. And so, even though growing up was really hard. Uh, nothing by mistake. Everything's on purpose. Everything has a reason behind it. And uh, I wouldn't be the person I am today without that hard beginning that I had.
0: I I had a similar situation. I mean, me growing up, ed, my educational relationship wasn't a good one. I mean, I, I struggled with reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a I had a, a tracking disorder that literally um, created my you know had, created a situation where my eyes would jump around on a page and skip mm-hmm. words and it would make reading miserable for me mm-hmm. and so like growing up you know I, I took a year off of school and we had to figure out how to get my eyes to to track so so reading oh. was possible for me and and so uh it's very similar to your story mm-hmm. it was when I I developed those coping mechanisms around my you know disability and and, and not being able to read and and that is what kind of, uh, you know, those coping makes well, if I wasn't going to be able to read good, I was going to be able to talk good and speak <laughs> exactly. well. And, and so what, what then happened was I, I got into that leadership role. You know, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be the middle school, whatever it was back then. You know, it's like, <laughs> so I can talk to people in an assembly and I was good at that. Um, awesome. And it wasn't until high school that I really figured out that I can do school. Um, and so very similar to, to yes. your situations like that, those sports and, and getting involved in, in engaging that, that connection to something bigger than you. Yes. It's so valuable. Yes. I, I mean, that, that turned it around for me because I was just like, what, why am I, <laughs> you know, give me headaches to try to read a paragraph, yeah. you know? And I was that kid in school too. It's was like, we, you know, when the teachers are doing the circle reading, right? Yeah. And I, I, I would remember just, those. Oh, and I would just, I would count the number of kids in yep. front of me. Pay no attention to what was being read, yeah. you know, so I'd skip the whole message, all that stuff. I'd count the number ahead and I'd be like, all right, I'm paragraph 14. So I'd just sit there and rehearse yeah. that, yeah. you know, I, and I then, the you, know, you know, God forbid, uh, I, I, my counting was wrong, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes I read the paragraph yeah. before, sometimes I read the, the paragraph. <laughs> after. So.
1: No, I understand that. That's, uh, it's interesting you say that because that's something I can relate to. Yeah. So how do,
0: how do you get, you know, uh, to the point where I'm going to start r- developing a message and I'm going to start traveling around and I'm going to start speaking. So so how do you how do you jump into the world uh, of, of public speaking? Can yeah. You-
1: interesting thing happened to me was one of the speakers who came to our school. Um, I developed a relationship with him in the three years in my high school and I've seen him frequently. Uh, his name is Phil Boyd. I uh, know you probably know the name. Uh, yeah, he has, I've heard him speak. Yep, he's, been, he has, he's been to our school. Yep, yeah. He has a business called Learning for Living. And um, years ago, decades ago, um, I heard him speak and we developed a relationship and he ended up being a mentor of mine. And what he did was he gave me an opportunity to, after school, come to Northern California to live with him, um, to go around um, locally and do some shadowing and um, do an apprenticeship under him. I did that for six years, um, just traveling around him, learning how to speak, learning how to develop speeches, and learning about the business of, of, of consulting. And um, and at some point, I just started to say that, you know, I need to do this on my own. And so I always say that if you do a speech a thousand times, then you can consider yourself a speaker. The same yes, speech yeah. a thousand times. And so once I start. Um, delivering these speeches to schools and feeling more comfortable with what I was saying. And um, it gave me a chance to be more authentic and not be like other people and other speakers. One of the biggest things that I struggle with, I think most people struggle with, is that we compare ourselves with so many people. And when I was being mentored, I was comparing myself with my mentor and I saw myself being more like him versus being Keith Hawkins. Right. And so what I had to learn was everybody's different and everybody has a gift. I love what you said about you know if I'm not going to read well, I'ma speak well, and I'ma learn how I'ma know how to communicate with people. And uh, it's hard to see your gift when you're looking at other people's gifts. And I was always looking and comparing myself from a young kid in terms of being in the classroom. And not thinking I was smart enough, because I'm looking at the students who were getting the A's. Uh, socially, looking at the students on a campus that, you know, everybody was popular and people liked them. And, you know, they didn't, you know, no one knew me. And going all the way into this business, you know, looking at other speakers, sounding like other speakers, because I knew that these people liked that speaker. Um, I'm so happy that I found myself, because we're all different. We all have our gifts. And... Uh, first of all, people need to hear from all types of people and from different backgrounds and from different places. And so I just love, you know, when I say I love me, it's not an arrogance I love me. It took a long time to love myself, to find myself, because it's hard to love flaws and, and failure and mistakes. But when you accept all that, you love yourself, you, you talk different and you sound different. And um, that's inspiring to anyone.
0: I I think you hit it right on the right on the nail head is like why spend time comparing ourselves to other Mm -hmm. people? Everyone else is already taken. (laughs) You know, it's like so let's work on you being the best version of yourself that you possibly can. Everyone else is already taken. You know, and I know that you say this too when you when you when you speak is is as soon as you start comparing people, it makes (laughs) one less and one more, right? Yes. And usually you are the one that's less. that's less. Yes. Um. And and that that's the shame of all. Well. It's like we spend so much time worrying about the things that we cannot control. Exactly. Focus on the things that you can control. I know that you can control your attitude. Mm-hmm. I know that you control your effort. You know and that's, you know mm-hmm. and, and and given the time, you can really pay attention to the to the detail. Exactly. And that's that's really uh, really something that um, I've focused on as an individual as I. You're you're right. It's, it's it's being the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what's your story? What's your message? Because mm-hmm. it's not the same as the the guy sitting next to you. No. And so that's uh, that's pretty powerful. Uh, what what's the everyday like for, for Keith Hawkins?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, the everyday is is working. You know, most most of the time. You know, I'm either um, in a school doing an assembly, doing a program, um, helping others, helping students and uh, educators. Um, my day that I would love to have is waking up in the morning and just working out and coming home and working in the yard. But something I've added every day to my life is working out every morning. Um, you know, I always say you create habits and habits create you. And so the hardest thing about working out is that getting started, getting started and creating a habit out of it so that Every time you wake up, your body feels like, hey, let's go. Let's go do what we need to do to be successful. And so um, I love working out. I love helping other people. Um, I love spending time with my family. Um, I love doing um, the things that help other people. But uh, every day I wake up at between 4.30 and 5 every day, and I get after it. And uh, I usually uh, get to work around 8, 8 8.30, Uh, spend time at work to about two or six, I mean two to three and then from there um, I usually just Relax. I try to listen to podcasts as much as possible because that's hopefully you're listening to this one. Yes, <laughs> you're on it. You might as well. <laughs> so
0: one thing I, I just absolutely love about you is is how much you give to other people and and like when you are in a moment you, you you're there you yes. are present. But uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. But um, mm-hmm. you're also a family man. Like when I sure. when I've hung out with you and 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 I've seen the work that you do for you know hundreds of students at a time. Uh, thousands of students at a time, you know, let's be honest. Um, but you also, you always come back to your family. Yeah. Um, your, your wonderful wife, Lori, your three kids. Um, how do you focus on that when you got such a busy life, busy schedule? Like yeah. what's the, what's the key there?
1: Well, you know, I always say that there's things in our life that are temporary and there are things that are permanent. And when you figure out what's first of all, In order to figure out what's permanent, you need to figure out uh, what's temporary. You need to figure out what's permanent. And so in my life, uh, what's permanent is my family for sure, my faith, um, my friends, um, people that have had an impact on my life. And so even though uh, when I'm working, I'm in the moment and I'm with people and I'm helping people, my strength comes from what's permanent. And that's part of that is the family. And you know, When the world says you're not good enough or when your boss says you didn't do the right thing or when you don't feel good about yourself, you look in the mirror don't love what you see or like what you see, you always have the family around you that show you love, um, that show you that you're worthy and you're worth it, um, that gives you the frustration and it's worth fighting for. I think uh, when you leave that door, uh, you come back to your family and that's sense of relief and energy and enthusiasm and, you know, you always have your family. And so that's all I need.
0: Uh, that's an amazing takeaway. I mean, we talk about, you know, being able to capture something right now in time, work on it in time, you know, for the listeners. I mean, th- that's a great takeaway. Yeah. You know, think about what's permanent, Yeah. you know, uh, spend less time, focused on what's the temporary. Exactly. Right? So that's a, that's a the phenomenal frustration message.
1: of other people. The drama of other people, people might not believe in you or believe in what you're doing. Um, you might, you know, people have bad days, and so they place that upon you. Um, you know, a bill uh, that you got, you didn't, you didn't think you were going to receive this bill. You get a doctor's bill. You get, a, you get a, a big bill from your electric bill or something. Something happened financially. You know, we get so bent out of shape about these things, but the bottom line is it's still all temporary. Uh, totally. I mean,
0: it is. It is temporary, yeah. you know. So uh, put that time, put that energy into what you know is permanent. Yes. Um, and give that love and care to what is permanent. Yes. Right? Yes. So uh, I kind of hinted on it earlier. I mean, uh, one thing that just awes me about, um, you know, getting the opportunity to work with you is your ability to make just instantaneous Mm. connections with people um people you don't even know you know Uh, um you talk for an hour and and you make whoever's (laughs) in that audience i mean you family yes uh friends i mean tell me a little bit about the importance of connection and how i mean i I, it's probably a gift that you have you know maybe Mm. it's something that people can develop but what's that that mindset that you bring into some of those uh, you know and i've seen it some of those immediate connections that you're capable of having. Yes. Whether I've gone to eat dinner with you and it's, <laughs> and it's the waiter or the waitress, right? Or, or it's the kids that we work with. Um, what is it? it? It's
1: so many things, but I think it, the first of all is is believing. Um, you got to believe in others. You know, once w- when you truly believe in others, they can feel that. They can sense it. Uh, my, my son is up here in Oregon right now, in Portland, playing ball. And, you know, I was just talking to my wife about, the way he plays is the way his coach believes in him. And when, when he believes in him, he plays better. Um, and when you don't believe in someone, people know when you don't believe in them when they see you believe in others. And if that's not consistent with everybody, people can recognize it, whether it's a teacher, an administrator, husband, wife, your kids can see that kind of stuff. And so I think part of it is at some point in your life, knowing when people didn't believe in you, how did that make you feel when people didn't believe in you and people thought less than you? And I still remember those feelings, you know, even though it's been years, years ago, I still, it's still, it's, it's not a scar. It's a scab. It's healed, but it's still part of my journey. And so when I go places, I just want people to know that I'm not speaking to everyone. I'm speaking to you because I believe in you. Um, I believe in you and i want to see you. And I, I, I see great things in you. I see things that you don't see in yourself. And I, I guess I can hear myself talking to myself.
0: Which, which is huge. I mean, we get, got to go back. And we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier before we started today. It's like, if you could go back and tell yourself, yeah, uh, talk to you, your young you, <laughs>
1: what would you tell them? What I you know, what I would tell the young Keith Hawkins, the 22-year-old, I would say, you know, listen more. Listen more. You you um Humble yourself. Um, you, you, there's people who know way more than you that can help you in so many areas of your life. But here's, about, here's the thing about listening. True listening is not thinking about what you're going to say when somebody's done talking. And I've been guilty of that. True listening is not thinking about what you would say if you can interrupt. And I've been guilty of that. True listening is not listening to see if somebody's saying something wrong when you're listening to them. I've been guilty of that. And here's the hard part about listening. True listening is not holding on to what you believe while somebody's talking and how you were raised and all your experiences. How do you shut all that off to actually listen? But if you can do that, then you start to understand what the person is saying. And when you have somebody Older than you, wiser than you, more experienced than you, and they're giving you the answer to so many things in life, but you can't even listen to it. Um, that's when the failure kicks in. Then you learn from failure, which is good too, but you know, you would like to learn the first time around from someone else who already failed.
0: I love that, Keith. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you this right now, <laughs> listeners. This is not the first time you've heard about that. Oh, okay. You know, about, <laughs> about truly listening to someone. I mean, we, yeah. the, the human brain can process like 160 words. And, you know, this is, you know, don't quote me on that. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, the small picture is that we can process more words than there are seconds in a minute. Yeah. So and, and that means we can analyze quickly. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be thinking about what you're going to say next. Mm-hmm. Just hear the full message. Then think about it real quick because we can do that. Yeah. Like we're really capable of doing that. So, uh, listeners, if, if you heard that for the second time or many times, <laughs> like maybe we should listen, right? Yeah. It's so good. My wife man. says the same thing that.
1: about me. I should listen. I need. I, we all can work. The biggest room in the world is room for improvement, and that is definitely one area we can improve in. Yeah, and and having to have the last word. Yeah like you don't have to have the last
0: word you know what you should focus on having the second to the second to the last word yeah let
1: the other one have the last yeah, word that'd be an cre- incredible habit if we can do that oh man
0: so uh, when i think about your messages you know and it's over the 10 years that i've i've been working with you senior you. i think about courage and yeah. i and i think about empathy those are those are two major things that that come up um and and they're also umbrellas for capture at the podcast and so courage being able to do uh what you fear, you know, mm-hmm. and, and overcome some of those fears. And you have, you have a saying about fear and you have, you, you, you talk about fear. Yeah. Um, let us know a little bit about that.
1: Okay. Um, the, the whole thing about courage, courage isn't so, so important cause it leads to something great. Um, when you have the courage to, um, stand up and share with people how you really feel or tell somebody, you know, can you forgive me for what I've done? Um, courage is when you're scared, but you do it anyway. So now you're telling someone, you're telling your spouse, you're telling your, your partner, you know what, I'm sorry for what I've done and what I said. Um, it takes a lot of courage to do that. Um, it takes a lot of courage to, you know, pick up something that is not yours. You see trash on the campus, you see trash somewhere and you pick it up and everybody's looking at you, pick it up. Um, it takes courage to be vulnerable, to, to speak your truth when everybody's judging you. Um, it's so important. And the thing about fear, fear is interesting because fear comes from self-doubt. And we all have this thing in our head called self-doubt. And self-doubt is connected to courage because the two things that every person has in their in their head is courage and self-doubt. And this is what I do with the students. I go, remember when you used to talk to yourself when you were a little kid? They said, yes. I say, raise your hand if you used to talk to yourself when you were a kid. They all raised their hands. I said, raise your hand if you talk to yourself now. When I say now, only 70% of them raise their hands because they know if they raise their hands, the other students are going to be looking at them. And so now if, if people are looking at me and judging me, I don't, want, I, I don't want them to judge me. I want to be accepted. I want to feel like I belong, so I'm going to keep my hand down. But as soon as they put their hand down, they're talking to themselves and they're like, I don't talk to myself. I don't talk to myself. But the reality is you are talking to yourself. And so- the thing in your head called self-doubt says if you raise your hand, people going to look at you. If you raise your hand, people going to think you're stupid. If you raise your hand, what are your friends going to say? So you believe it. Self-doubt tells you things like you're too big, you're too small, you're fat, you're ugly, you're not pretty enough, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not athletic enough. Your parents don't care. People don't care. People don't notice you. People don't value you. And over time, because we are strong people, we try to deal with that all on our own. And when you try to deal with that all on your own, that's when you fail, because nobody can deal with life all on their own. And we all tried it. I know I have. And so if you don't get rid of doubt, it turns into fear. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. These these people don't like me. Um, These people um, don't care about me. I don't like those people over there. The people over in this state, they, they're they act this way and I don't like that. And you know, why why would these teachers care about me? And so my whole thing about that is, you know, when people when you think in your head that someone does not like you, that's false evidence appearing real. When you say comments like those people, that's false evidence appearing real. And my belief is that Even if we live in a world of fear, fear does not have to live in you because fear is a choice, but it comes from self-doubt, which self-doubt is very passive. So people are not prepared for that. And then it turns into fear and people want to do something about it now. But you can do something beforehand and just get rid of that. Know that the thing in your head self-doubt is real. Know that it's going to be with you every day and you got to wake up and kick its butt every day you got to fight it every day and if you don't do that that's when the fear kicks in and,
0: and i you're yeah i totally agree with all that i mean yeah. how do we overcome any fear that we have without without assessing it having that conversation with yourself it's yeah, yeah. do you talk to yourself oh that's kind of weird uh, <laughs> it's not i mean we should be checking in daily like yeah. ask yourself you know i I guess if you gotta stand in front of a mirror and literally say the words out loud, then do it. But most people just like it's a moment of silence, wherever in the coffee shop, sitting at your desk, driving in your car. It's like, how am I doing? How am I doing today? You know. And to be honest, if you're not a seven, eight, or nine most days, we gotta make some adjustment in life. So if you're you if you are like you know between one to ten. Are you a seven, eight, or nine most days? Yeah. You should be. Exactly. And if you're not, let's make some adjustments, okay? If you are, yeah. if you are a seven, eight, or nine most days, mm-hmm. then why? Ask, answer the question, why are you that? And then how do I reinforce that in my life? Yeah. Okay, if you're not a seven, eight, or nine each day, most days, ask yourself why? And what, what changes in my life do I need to make? Is it the people that I hang out and surround myself with? Is it the work environment that I'm just getting a paycheck? Yes. You know, is it the, what are some changes? And talk about fear, changing your job or or changing who you hang out with or, you know, to be honest, like spend, you know, spend less investment in your family. Like, you know, really ask yourself what, what is going to make me a seven, eight or nine each day? Yeah. And really have that conversation. I mean, you sometimes are your own worst enemy. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Or, or you can be your own best mentor. Yeah, you said job. Job stands for just over broke. So <laughs> yeah. no matter how much money you're making, it's still just a job. And uh, that's why every day I keep saying better than good. A dream is do what you love to do. You'll do it for free, but you do it so well you get paid for it. And so that's that's th- there's more joy in that. And uh something I always say to myself is that the the noise from other people, the voices from other people, the thoughts of other people is not going to be what stops you from having what you want in your future. It's the voice from yourself it's the thoughts from yourself It's how you see yourself it's what's going to stop you no one else's opinion it's going to be your opinion, so talking to yourself and telling yourself i had somebody tell me so you want me to be my biggest fan i said no what i'm saying to you is that if anybody's gonna put you down it shouldn't be you
0: that's huge yeah it should never be you i mean we got enough critics in the world exactly so (laughs) don't be your own worst one right don't do it don't be your own worst one um and, and those are big moments i mean those are huge moments in your life that that might not be this this big huge thing, no. you know. I talk about you know when I decided to, to to launch this podcast, I was I was sitting at a conference that, I, that that I took young people to go get messages from. I wasn't expecting to get a message myself, yeah. but when I heard you know just the question of like why not, I'm like oh man, you know, <laughs> like yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's like but those are those are big moments that that might just have nothing to do with anything else other than your ability to reflect in that time and, and what is needed Yes. and what, what you need to do and, and, and what you need to change or, or what you need to reinforce. Mm -hmm. Those are big moments. And so are there any big moments in your life that were just like monumental, like where, where shift happened or, or, or you made that
1: big move? Several, several. Um, I think, uh, I had a moment when I was uh, I was a freshman in high school and my my mom was taking me to school. We didn't live in the district. We lived about 10 miles away and the car broke down. And uh, once the car broke down, my mom was like, I guess you can't go to school today because we're here on the curb and we need to find somebody to help us. And I just looked at her. I said, I have to go to school. I have to get there. And she's like, well, how are you going to get there? I mean, it's at that point, it's like nine miles away. How are you going to get there? And I was a 14-year-old kid, and I didn't even know what a mile was. But I looked at her, and I told her, I'll walk. And she goes, you can't walk to school. And I said, Mom, I, I just need to do what I need to do. i got to get to school. And I walked nine miles to school. And um, Which is abnormal. Yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty long distance. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, you talked about people have a gift. I think probably my will, you know, it's not your IQ as much as your I will. And that's why it, it kills me to see all these students who are going to college for something that maybe they don't even know what's there. You know, they're so fired up to go somewhere where they've never been. And um, they're so stressed out and dealing with so much stress. And the three P's, the, the peer pressure from comparing and the parent pressure that the parents are putting on them because they are in fear that they might not have a great future if they don't go to college. And then the personal pressure they put on themselves, they're not good enough. And I just know that the bottom line is not so much the education. It's not about what you have. It's about what you use. And I had two feet and I walked. I walked nine miles. My will, the determination, the will to get to school because it was important. And it was interesting. As soon as I walked through the door, the teacher asked me in front of the whole class, "Why are you late?" I got there probably about close to ten, and I was too embarrassed to tell her that my car broke down because I knew the students would laugh. So I yeah. said, "I just said I'm I'm late," and she got mad and sent me to the principal office. For many years, I was mad about that, but now I realized that that teacher had a life too, and maybe she was going through something. But I yeah. was I was. Um, it was a bad moment, but I learned over time that my will is very determined, and you know nothing can stop me. So that was a that was a big moment in my life. Um, another one was I actually got robbed. You're kidding! <laughs> when I was a senior in high school, about two weeks before I graduated, and. Three guys came in this place called Del Taco. It's like Taco Bell. Oh, I've stuff, been there. Right? Okay. Yeah, I've been there. They got the secret sauce that is just incredible. Damn. I don't know what's taco. in it, but I mean,
0: yeah, when I think of Del Taco, I think of that. that give me some of that secret sauce. I mean, I mean, and we had one in college, or uh, in high school too, and we would go after football practice, and we yeah. would be like, all right, who's going to have the, 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 you know, the most tacos eaten? I can remember eating like 12 tacos,
1: but they're little ones, you know, they're just yeah, little ones. Yeah, okay. tacos. So you got, you got robbed. Yeah, it was, uh it was horrible. It was it was horrific. It was, uh, you know, it was interesting, too, because the, the story got robbed about five, six months before that, and I was in there, and I was asking everybody, what did they do? Why didn't you do something about it? Wow. And then, and, and, then, then. and then I get robbed, and, you know, I'm in the back, and guy comes back there and says, you need to come up front. And I was mad. I was still tough, and I was like, man, I'm going to kick you out of here. And when I got to the front, I saw – another guy at the door. And then I saw a guy at the cash register with a gun. And, um, you know, the, the person that was with me told me to, you know, go to the safe and open it. And so I went in the corner and it was a combination to the safe, but I didn't have it. Wait, you're not even an employee there. I'm a shift manager. Oh, you are. Okay. So you were working there. I was working at Del. Yeah. So I was working. Sorry about that. I was working at Del Taco and, uh, we got robbed. I was a shift manager. I was working with two other employees and, um, the guy with me said, oh, open up the cash register, I mean, open up the safe. And when I tried to open up the safe, I didn't have the combination, but I was so scared, I was trying to open it up. I was <laughs> I was picking numbers yeah. that I liked, numbers oh. that I played, well, you know, 33, 8, 2. And I'm pulling it up, and I'm like, 9, Yeah, because the owner of
0: the store, he thought yeah. about
1: your sports numbers, right? Yeah, I was just like, yeah. man, I was scared. And so the guy with the gun jumped over the counter and came up to me and said, this guy is stalling, and put the gun up to my head. And I was—I just closed my eyes. And um, it was, you know, it was bad, man. I urinated all on myself. It was horrible. Um, and um, I just closed my eyes, and I thought of three things. I thought about one, I didn't even graduate. I've come so far, man, didn't even graduate. And that's what I thought about. Two, I said, man, I never thought I would go to college, and I was on my way, and I didn't even make it. And then the last thing I thought about was, this person's about to shoot me in my head and my mom's going to have to come up here and witness this, see me like this. So I just closed my, when my eyes was closed, I was just praying that, you know, kill me, kill me, but don't shoot me in the head because I don't want my mom to see this. When I had my eyes closed and felt like it was forever, I opened up my eyes and I said to to the two guys, I know where some money's at they go where's the money and i forgot in the whole chaos that i had the keys to these black boxes that were under the under the register the registers that had the big bills in it so i went over there and i opened them and they they came out and took the money and that saved my life they walked out and when they walked out um the people I was working with ran out. Police came finally. And then the owner came and it was back. My mom came. She was upset. But then that was on Saturday night. And on Monday I came to school. I didn't say anything to anybody. I came to school like it was a regular day. And I think that's the problem. Most people come to work and come to school and we don't say anything. We just, we just live our lives and hold it in. And you're talking about tens of thousands of people, millions of people are doing that daily. And that's the disconnect that we have. That's when we're mad at somebody, yelling at somebody, we don't know they got robbed. We don't know that they have marriage problems. We don't know that they don't they have body image problems. We don't know what's going on. We don't think about any of it because none of us talk. And um, I went to school that day like it was nothing and came home. And 30 minutes later when I was at home, I started to get ready for work. And my mom looked at me. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm about to go back to work. She goes, You're not working there anymore. You got robbed. It's been robbed twice in the last six months. You're not going. And I never forget, defining moment in my life. I looked at my mom. I said, If I don't go to work, how are we going to pay our bills? If, yeah. I, if I don't go to work, how are you going to feed us?
0: You know, I, uh, first off, thank you for sharing that story. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a big moment yeah. uh, in life. I mean, what a shift. But, you know, you think about, you're telling the story of like the, th- the three things that you thought about. In that moment, yeah. it's like, and your mom being one of them, and yeah. like, uh, I'm just happy your mom got to pick you up in a different situation, yes. right? Yes, I um, And then you're going, it's like that, you know, those permanent things, it's like yes. that's that's permanent, and then that other thing is like, mom, we're you and I are in this together, and yeah, I'm going to go to work, because uh, yes. we're in this together, and that's permanent, that's and family. we got to take care of each other. Yep. Uh, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> and then, you know, both those stories, like your car breaking down. Yeah. Coming back to the classroom and the teacher saying, why are you late? Yep. Um, you know, and, and, and you go to work and your mom's saying, you're not going to work. I have to. The, it, it, you know, for me, you know, one of the biggest things I take away from hearing you speak is, is that empathy factor. Yeah. You know, being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. As a teacher, I mean, I I think of that moment a lot. It's like when somebody's rolling in to my class late, I say, welcome back. Mm. Said, how that's you cool. doing? Let me know. Uh, afterward if we need to catch you up on anything. Welcome back. Oh, that's cool. With a smile. Right. <laughs> and I didn't and get I, that. And <laughs> I I know I but, but from stories like yours, I mean, that's where I picked that up. I was yeah. like, I have no idea what's going on in this kid's life. You know, the you know, for all I know, maybe they're walking their little sibling to school because elementary starts later than than ours. Mm-hmm. They're the only person walking, you know. So yeah. I've told the kids, you know, hey, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? And way after the fact, not in front of the class. Oh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I walk my brother to school or, you know, I got to wait for a ride. It's the only time I can get a ride or whatever it is. It's, it's like empathy is such a, uh, an important tool and it's a skill. Okay. Cause it's not, either something you have or done. it's something you build over time, you know? And it's like in time, we need to work on, on, on using the tool of empathy as much as we can. So, uh, what do you think about empathy? Like putting yourself in, in other shoes to, so you might be able to help them.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's easier to have empathy when you've gone through it. Um, so I've been through a lot of tough times in my life, a lot of struggle. And so I can identify real fast with people when they're struggling and when they're going through something. And at the same time, I look at all people and say what you're basically saying, that they can be having the worst day of their life and then they see me. I truly believe that we can be part of the solution or we can be part of the problem in people's lives daily. But the one thing you can't get out of it is that you're going to be part of it. You're going to be part of it whether you like it or not. When you are going to the same building, you're going to be part of someone's journey. And if you thought that way, if you had that mindset, I think that's when empathy kicks in, that you would smile at somebody and you would say, how you doing? And you would say, what's up to somebody? Um, how's everything going? Questions. You ask questions because you know that you want to be part of the solution. You go through things too. So you know what, what makes problems in your life, what causes problems in your life, who causes problems in your life, the p- type of people, what kinds of people. And so now you have to look at yourself and go, who, who am I? Who am I to somebody else? Am I I don't want to be Keith Hawkins, the speaker. I just want to be Keith Hawkins. When I come into a building, I'm not thinking, oh, be the speaker. I'm just thinking, just be you. And part of you is being empathetic towards people. Um, and then for people like my, my wife and our kids who don't have a lot of the struggle and challenges, as parents, we remind them that there's three things we want you to do when you go to school um work hard have fun and more importantly help somebody help somebody every day our kids come on we never ask how was school we never ask what did you learn we ask who did you help
0: Love and that. when you hear ask me, hear me snapping right yeah here. there it is Love when you that. ask who
1: did you help you know you start off with a kid like that they'll start telling you who they help especially at a young age elementary age they're gonna say I helped help help help. And if you keep that going, they'll say it in middle school. And, and the day you forget to ask your your kids, who did you help? They'll say, hey, you didn't even ask me, who did I help? And they could be a junior in high school, and they'll, ask, they'll say that to you. Um, so many times I go to schools and I say, raise your hands. If at all this whole year, when you went home, if if your parents ever asked you, who did you help? And it could be 2,200 people in the, in the gym, and I get like six hands go up. Because... People are thinking of themselves. They're not thinking of other people, but they're not being taught to think of other people. And, you know, one of my taglines is people don't follow what people say. They follow what people do. And so it's not just to help your loved ones, to help people. You got to show them by you doing it yourself. And so we, we we constantly just help other people because we never know what they're going through. And so yeah. that's part of our foundation. Action is
0: leadership. Yeah. You know, action is is what
1: makes change. You know, and so uh, t- I totally
0: couldn't agree with you you more. Like, yeah, who did you help Who today? did you help? And I, I think an important part of that is being able to, you know, use the skill of em- empathy um, and be empathetic for also, you know, but also like be willing to share your story too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we have some personal responsibility of trying to open up, mm-hmm. especially to those that we trust. If we have people in our life that we truly do trust – like that, that's luck. You're lucky, mm-hmm. you know. It's like you, you're lucky to have people in your life that you trust, and and if you have people in your life that you trust, open up to them. Yeah. Because uh, you know, at least I'm unaware, but not a lot of us are mind readers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, opening up, sharing that story. That's that's what allows us as as humans that are trying to connect, and who are already interconnected. Yeah. You know, it, it allows us to use the skill of empathy if we share. Yeah. Um, and, and that takes courage, right? That takes, yep. you know, it's like it's, it's scary to share. There's some fear there. What will they think of me? What will they think? But we all struggle. And to be honest, the, the best relationships I've ever had in my life are ones that I have opened up to them and they have opened up to me. Yeah. And that's a win-win situation. Yep. You know, that's a win-win situation. So don't worry too much about judgment, you know, because on the other half... Most of the times, I would say, it works out in your favor. Yeah, um, to create a deeper relationship, to create a deeper connection, to allow the the skills that we know are so valuable, important, like empathy, to to take place. Yes, and um, that's so uh, so huge. And so uh, it, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up yeah. here pretty quick because <laughs> you got to get going. Yes, um, I always I always try to end end in gratitude, end in uh, recognition. Right, the R in Capture It is, is recognition. So I asked the question, who in your life or what in your life is worthy of recognition? And I think this is a question we should always ask. I mean, everyone talks about gratitude and they wait for birthdays and they wait for, you know, Thanksgiving and or Valentine's Day to say, you know, I love you and I'm thankful for you. And it's like, nah, we should be asking every day, like, who in my life yeah. is worthy of some recognition? And then tell them. Yeah. You know, or what? Like, And then, and then celebrate that. So yeah. so right here, here's a, here's a chance for you. Uh, who in your life or what
1: in your life you know,
0: or it, is worthy of some recognition? They,
1: they say people in your life, some could be for a lifetime, some could be for a minute. And I still believe that the people for a minute can also have a lifetime impact on you. And so lately for me, it's just been my students who, are, who have been sharing things with me, personal things with me, um, that has helped me be a better parent and a better person um, things like if stars is the limit what's 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 beyond that because whatever's beyond that that's where I'm trying to reach or when someone says people cannot pull you down people cannot look down on you only those who think they're above you can look down on you and nobody's above you you know things like that another thing is a student told me that when you, do things with your, your kids, do things on their terms, because every time they do things on your terms, you're in control and they're never in control. And it sucks not to be in control. And so it's like I, every day, man, somebody's saying something to me and I'm just, I want to recognize these people because they think everybody from afar, I think I'm pouring into them but they don't realize that they're all pouring into me. Oh, I,
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I'm so thankful for that. Like, the to see the impact you're making through. Just, this kid's thinking out loud to you. And be like, you made an impact. Like, those are, like, the greatest gifts in the world. Yeah. Um, I'll take I, it. You know, in, yeah. one last thing.
1: I try not to, because you, you, you've been around me, and it's been happening a lot, when people are very thankful towards me. And I was just a cow High, 3,000 students, and they were all giving me praise. And I just truly believe that I just... I'm very conscious of the ego. You know, when you think you've done this, like this is, this is all happening because of you. Ego I, is I, the anesthesia yeah. that deadens the mind of stupidity and ignorance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very mindful of it. And I just, I just fight it because I know it, you know, it's kind of like, it's not me at all. They had the meat. I just gave them some taters, you know? <laughs> so they, that. they, they had, they had all this and, you know eagle edging God out I know that is so much bigger than me and um, I'm be, I'm a servant and I'm being used to do great things for for great people and everybody's great love that I
0: mean you are a blessing you are a blessing, yes, are all, a blessing. and I, I appreciate you so much in our friendship over the years and um, I'll take a little bit of a moment of gratitude I uh, me and my wife had our our um, this Friday, we had our second big baby appointment. Everything's <laughs> going really good. Yeah, she's about 20 weeks. Or, um, And it, I'm just, uh, it, last April, we had a miscarriage. And, yeah. and that was our first attempt at having a kid. And um, heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. But to see uh, my wife and the joy that she's having right now with getting the point of like, you know, you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes. So we had our second big appointment and it went so well and great heartbeat. And just, uh, so I mean, I'm just recognition where it's due. Like I'm so thankful right now, just the, the joy that my wife is having and and me too. But you know, I, I, you know, since our miscarriage, i really put her first and, um, really make sure she's doing okay. and, And this second time go around, it's going, better than good you yes know? So, um, <laughs> I, I just uh I'm just thankful for that joy that
1: I see in her um, awesome. so uh,
0: it's been really good it's been yes really good. Yeah, very just, happy having very a baby happy in July yes. can't wait for you to meet a little yes
1: guy. I can't wait either
0: <laughs> uh, Keith thank you so much uh, you for, for spending me. the time and I know you're in in town for only a little bit with your with your son's basketball yes. tournament and wishing him luck I hope he's hope yes. he's winning that they're, day they're,
1: they've won every game so far they got Hopefully two more to go for the champion. Yeah, one go. more for championship. This is Mr. Championship. B? Mr. B. All right, go Mr. get him, Mr. B. <laughs> B. Um, <laughs> we will. Hey, real quick,
0: how can people follow you? Please, How can they uh, yes. get, get, um, get your contact? How can they see what you're doing?
1: Website is KeithHawkins.com. Um, and uh, my Twitter and Instagram is KeithSpeaksOut. Uh, we also like to give our number out, one 3664 You can call 530 um, 885 5533 and um, Facebook Keith Hawkins. And uh,
0: yeah, that's yeah, good. and I—I'll tell you right now. Your school, if you're a business, and you got a huge staff, if team building, what, whatever you need, I mean, get get Keith there for three <laughs> days, and uh, things will be feeling real good, real yes, good. Yes, so, culture and climate. Um, Keith, I'm so thankful for our relationship and our friendship, and I and I uh, plan to invest down the road here continually. Thank you. Um, thank you for being on the show, and uh, thank you for helping our listeners and, and, and me always to, yes. to capture. Um, things in our life, things that we can do today, yes. things that we can start working on tomorrow, um, and approach life a little bit differently. And so, thank, uh, you. thank you, man. You are a blessing in my life, yes. uh, and I know you bring a uh, bring a lot of lot of energy to uh, making this world a better place. So, thank you. Um, well, that's what we'll leave it today. Thank Until you for being time. on the show. Until next time, work to capture it.